Welcome to Study Gateway's First Listens, where you get first listens to the first sessions on Study Gateway so you can find your next video Bible study. Hi there, I'm your host, Shelley Leith, and before we start this session with Emily Lay, I want everyone to be aware that by just listening to this podcast, you can get a 15% discount on any subscription plan at Study Gateway for the life of your subscription using the code PODCAST15. That code works on any plan, any type, personal, small group, or church, and monthly plans are annual. Go ahead and write that down, PODCAST15. And thank you for being a podcast listener. We're wrapping up Season 5, which is all about summer self-care. We've been listening to Bible studies that offer ideas for us to be kind to ourselves, attend to our needs, and find ways to live a better life. In this last episode of the season, we are listening to a fantastic session from a study called Grace Not Perfection by Emily Lay. This study is for those of us who try to measure up to unrealistic standards of perfection, or who may have heard ourselves say, if only my life looked like that other person's and I would have it all together and be happy. Emily wants us to let go of control and allow ourselves to step into imperfection, which is where we encounter God's perfect grace. Let's listen in to session one of Grace Not Perfection by Emily Lay called Let Go of the Perfect Life. Somewhere along the way, someone told us we weren't good enough. We weren't pretty enough, creative enough, crafty enough, or dedicated enough. Social media feeds, blogs, magazines, and other people began to set the standard for us. And they set it high, unreachably high. We mashed together other people's highlights and best moments and created this standard of perfection we're all after. Once I reach it, we encourage ourselves, I'll be good enough. I'll be a good mom, a good friend, a good spouse, a good professional. Birthday parties are judged by Pinterest worthiness. That picture-perfect quality people swoon over online. Dress sizes are measures of our physical worth. The smaller, the better. And busyness? Well, that's just the norm. We run on adrenaline and lattes. And if we're not busy, then we're not measuring up. At least that's what we've told ourselves. And although the chase may earn us likes and picture-perfect Instagram photos, it also leaves us feeling empty, alone, and just plain not good enough. So we try to do it all. We answer emails and push baby swings. We text and drive. We overload, overcommit, overwork, and end up overwhelmed. Without realizing it, many of us have decided to let the world tell us what the good life looks like. And this isn't it. This perfectly constructed, magazine-worthy life does not equal happiness. Happiness isn't found in the prettiest Instagram feed or in the perfectly kept home. True joy isn't found in having it all together. The good life is rich, slow, real, and flawed. I'm here to invite you to forget what the world is telling you. You do not have to constantly strive to be more. You are enough. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You deserve simple, slow, and sweet. You are worthy of happiness. 
You deserve silly, extravagant joy, belly laughs, and rich memories worthy of being slowly retold in rocking chairs on front porches. This is attainable where you are, as you are, with what you have right now. God wants so much more for you than a constantly overwhelmed life. He desires so much more for you than perfect. And it is in His grace, not within the perfect life, that we find true happiness. Now, as a designer, I am very concerned with image, with crafting seamless, consistent messaging, and perfectly tweaked visuals. Without a doubt, that bleeds into my personal life. I know what the chase to have it all together does to a girl who has big dreams and simply wants to be the best she can be. And I've learned by falling on my face quite a few times that being perfect isn't really all it's cracked up to be. The real life is so much richer. I have three small children, currently toddler twins and a first grader. I know wholeheartedly how difficult life can be. My life can look like a bit of a circus sometimes when I manage work, family, children, commitments, practices, appointments, and more. I make day planners for a living, so I know a thing or two about time management, but throw one of life's curveballs in there and things can get really, really messy. In 2013, during a really busy season of our lives, we had a few of those curveballs thrown our way all at once. Our seven-year-old bull mastiff, Briggs, was diagnosed with lymphoma. He was my son Brady's very best friend, so it was tough news to handle. Just a few weeks later, my father-in-law unexpectedly passed away 17 days after being diagnosed with cancer. I saw my husband in tears for the first time in the five years that we'd been together. I saw Brady experience the sadness of death and answered very big questions about heaven and about sickness and why bad things happen to good people and good pups. It was a sad and very difficult time for our family. Add the grieving process to everyday stresses like laundry and parenting and work and life has the potential to get out of hand. If you're like me though, you know what it means to move into what I like to call captain mode. I saw a problem, grief and stress, and I was determined to find a solution, productivity and structure. So off I went. I worked in captain mode, trying to be the glue that held everyone together on our journey back to regular life. I decided to take hold of our crazy life and fix it. For any problems we had, I was determined to find solutions. We'd been in the middle of exhausting fertility treatments, so we decided to take it up a notch and pursue more aggressive options. I'd been considering a big production change with the main product my company made, our simplified planners, so we pursued it. Grief and sadness mounted at home. Fertility treatments weren't working. Briggs was getting sicker. The pain of losing Brian's dad was real and raw. Work was busier than ever. Without family nearby, I found myself taking on more and more to help our family get back to normal and be happy again. I put all of my hope and trust in my own two hands. I wish I could have seen the crash and burn coming. That trying time led me right into a neurologist's office with weight loss, numbness, heart palpitations, and a host of other physical issues just a few short weeks later. 
absolutely riddled with fear that another shoe was about to drop, I prepared myself for the worst news of my life. Even as I was rolled into an MRI machine for a brain scan, I was mentally working away to iron out the kinks of life and get our family back to perfect. A few days later, when my neurologist called me back to his office to receive my results, I was shocked to hear all the scans and tests he performed showed one very profound thing. The stress in my life would kill me if I didn't get a handle on it. He matter-of-factly told me that I had two choices. Continue on this path, not taking care of myself, overfilling my proverbial plate, and allowing worry and anxiety to lead my life, or immediately change course. Life was never the same again. When something bad happens, life comes to a screeching halt. All the superficial stuff that feels important immediately falls away. And what truly matters goes from being a quiet whisper to a fever pitch scream. I realized this on that awful afternoon sitting in the neurologist's parking lot. God spoke loud and clear to me and said, Emily, I want so much more for you than this. I cried and cried before I drove home. Broken and resolved to make major changes, I saw life with new, clear eyes. God tends to use those crash and burn moments powerfully in my life, as if I'm often moving too quickly to see His messages or talking too loudly to hear His voice. After a crash and burn like that, life suddenly jolts right back into proper place. And over the years, battling my addiction to perfection and the adrenaline that comes with being busy, as well as battling my own anxiety, has become my cross to bear and my story to tell. I've learned what it feels like to live in God's grace only because I know what it feels like to suffer in the strife for perfection. Have you ever experienced that? You've pushed so hard for perfection that you've had a crash and burn experience? We're listening to Emily Lay's first session of Grace Not Perfection. As a bonus for our listeners, we have unlocked session one on Study Gateway, so you can go there and watch the entire first session for free. Grace Not Perfection is published by Harper Christian Resources, and it streams on Study Gateway. For our First Listens listeners, when you use the promo code PODCAST15 at studygateway.com, you'll get any size of plan for yourself, your small group, or your whole church at a 15% savings for life. And for a complete experience with Grace Not Perfection, take advantage of our publisher direct pricing on the essential Bible study guide designed to be used with the videos. This study guide gives you the discussion questions for your group and the personal exercises to dig deeper into the scriptures on your own between sessions. Get all the details at studygateway.com. And now, back to Emily Lay. This entire idea of perfection chasing and how it intermingles with our faith and trust in God always brings me back to one passage in the Bible, Psalm 46.10. As a little girl, my grandmother constantly reminded me, Emily, be still. Now, she meant this figuratively and literally. Literally, she meant for me to sit my body down and quiet my mouth. Difficult if you were a high-energy little girl like me, always with a story to tell. 
Figuratively, she was reminding me of her favorite passage, Be still and know that I am God, Psalm 4610. It's one of the simplest verses, but one of the most profound. Here, God is asking us to stop doing all the things. He's asking us to be still, to quiet our minds, quiet our bodies, quiet our anxiety, and still our hands, still our racing hearts, and still our eyes flickering from want to worry. He's commanding us to do the simplest act, be still. Merriam-Webster defines stillness as a deep silence and calm. When we bring our minds and bodies to a place of stillness, we're left with complete and total focus. But on what? Well, he tells us in the second part of the passage, know that I am God. So be still, quiet down, find calm, and know that I am God. Know, trust, believe. Be still and know that I am God. There is no perfection in there. There is no standard chasing. There's no anxiety, no worry. There's simply the knowledge that God is God, that God is good, and that God is ultimately in control no matter what we do. There is so much freedom in those eight words. No matter what I had done that summer or now to make life perfect, God was ultimately in control. And that's the thing about grace. It's free for perfectly imperfect people like you and me. God reminds us again in Ephesians that it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Here's the thing about grace. You don't have to be perfect to embrace it. It's free for imperfect, unworthy people like you and me. This is big news. You don't have to be perfect, and I don't either. Jesus took care of that for us. He went before us and made a way. While we were all busy trying to plan extravagant birthday parties and have exquisitely put together homes, God has set a standard totally outside our realm of thinking. Instead of calling us to be hopeless overachievers, He calls us to walk by the Spirit with love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Nowhere in there did he mention perfect birthday parties, size four jeans, home-cooked dinners, or spotless homes. In fact, I don't think God really cares a whole lot about all that. God cares more about us abiding by his commandments and loving big, feeling deeply alive and free from the traps of perfection and comparison. He's watching us scurry about and saying, sweet girls, Why are you so hard on yourselves? All this worry and busyness is for what? I've given you all you need. God is pouring grace on us every day, abundantly and without restraint. So sister, if God is giving us so much grace, why on earth aren't we having a little more grace with ourselves? Why are we running ourselves ragged trying to measure up? I don't know about you, but I find this rat race of ours exhausting. And it's really easy to feel like a hamster in a wheel chasing an impossible, glossy magazine standard we've set for ourselves. Grace, and only grace, offers us a way to step off that wheel, a deep breath, a place to rest, and the opportunity to slow down and savor what truly matters. In embracing God's grace, we give ourselves permission to stop, be still, and examine our lives. I believe pausing to consider why we're chasing perfection is critical to do. 
Who set this standard for us? And how can we establish a new standard for ourselves? I did this exercise myself, and I do it again and again when life begins to get out of control. And I determined this, I want to live the good life. I want to live a life that is rich, simple, slow, and sweet. I want my children to dig in the dirt and chase lizards. I want them to crave the comfort of mom's applesauce muffins when they're out in the great big world one day. I want my home to be a warm place of respite for both friends and family, not a magazine-worthy space. I want my marriage to glorify God and my work to draw other women near to Him. I want my life to be rich in tradition, laughter, community, and faith. It doesn't sound overwhelming to me. In fact, that sounds simple and peaceful. That sounds like what my life would look like if I stripped away all the extra, the excess and the noise. Since creating this new standard, I've had to hold myself accountable to make every decision from a place of commitment to that standard. Everything from what's for dinner tonight to should we move our family eight hours away? Big and small decisions impact our family greatly and either simplify or complicate our lives. So I ask myself this question, am I trying to be perfect here or am I trying to build the life we dream of? One word that is constantly on my mind is peace. I crave it, I need it. Interestingly, the Bible tells us that God is the God of peace and it identifies peace as one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So even God sees peace as an integral and important part of not just the world, but also our hearts, our everyday lives, and our families. A prayer for peace over our family, over our marriage, and over my own heart is something I pray daily. In one of his Psalms, David tells God, from the ends of the earth, I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. You have been my refuge. To me, that is David saying, you have rescued me. That is the grace in grace, not perfection. God rescues us from the lies, the traps, the pitfalls of perfect, and delivers us to the joy and simplicity of peace. So how do we really step into this grace, embracing God's gift to us and freeing ourselves from the traps of perfection? First, we have to redefine our standard. Next, we have to give ourselves the freedom and permission to make serious changes, both to our lives and our hearts. And finally, we have to allow ourselves to accept God's grace wholeheartedly. That means wrapping all our plans in a hug of grace, offering ourselves forgiveness, love, and flexibility as we embark on this new path. So what areas of your life are you clinging to tightly? Is God tugging at your heart and your hands to let go of control in a certain area? What would it look like to step into that imperfection? What's the worst that could happen if you turn control over to God? And most importantly, what is the best that could happen? Is God tugging at your heart and your hands to let go of control in a certain area? 
What's the worst that could happen if you turned control over to God? And most importantly, what is the best that could happen? I hope you enjoyed this session from Grace Not Perfection, a video Bible study by Emily Lay, published by Harper Christian Resources and streaming on Study Gateway. And if you go to studygateway.com, you'll find this first session of Grace Not Perfection is unlocked and accessible to you to watch in its entirety for free. Here at Study Gateway, you can find your favorite authors, pastors, and Bible teachers all in one place. We're the only streaming video subscription service that offers plans for individuals, small groups, and has user-based pricing for churches, no matter what the size. And don't forget, you can use the promo code PODCAST15 to get a 15% savings on the plan of your choice. And that discounted rate lasts as long as you keep your subscription. With Study Gateway, you also get a direct link to our store, where you get publisher direct pricing on the Essential Bible Study Guide for Grace, Not Perfection. This study guide with its exercises and projects and discussion questions helps you get the most out of this study. Is Grace, Not Perfection going to be your next study? Get started right now by going to studygateway.com, click Start Free Trial, use the promo code PODCAST15 at checkout. Make sure you rate and review this podcast so other people can find this show too. Thank you for enjoying this season on Summer Self-Care with me. Next time, we're starting our new season called Explore and Discover, where we get to experience studies that are filmed in some fantastic locations. See you then.